This is Rob Tubbett for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted to be joined finally by Kala Sowland. Been a while, Kala. How are you doing? Very well. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Last time I saw you was World Boxing Super Series quarterfinals in Glasgow after Taylor Ryan Martin. So it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. It has been a while. Oh, things are good. You know, I see Boxing Social growing and growing. This is good to see. So no, things are good. I told Kala to say that. He's very kind. He didn't forget. Um, yeah, checks in the post. So we're here at the lovely University of Kent, and we've just watched Josh Taylor smash Shane McGuigan around the ring. What did you make of his wo uh, open workout? He looked very sharp. Um, he's, you know, he's, he's one of the biggest super lightweights you'll see, uh, and he's already bang on the weight, apparently. Um, he's super sharp. He's, as we know, big puncher, both big punchers. I saw progress has arrived already in, uh, in the UK, and uh, that you know, shows also the commitment to the fight he has. Uh, it's, it really is the best against the best, and uh, you know, that's what the World Boxing Super Series sets out to do. It's best against the best. These two are actually seeds one and two going into the tournament. Did you expect this to end up as the final? When you put it down, I mean, I, I'm mostly responsible for the seeding, uh, so yeah. Uh, I got that one right, and I got the first for the seasons one as well with Uzik and Gasiev, and uh, that was a close one, of course, with Uzik and Breedis. That could have gone wrong, but uh, it was Uzik, uh, Gasiev, one and two, and it was uh, obviously Smith and Groves. I think they were one and two as well. So, so far, Canada's got it right. <laughs> Talk to me if you can about. Um the decision to bring it to London, there was a lot of talk about it potentially being in Manchester. There was also rumours about other different countries around the world. What brought the fight to the O2 in London? You know, um, we, we sat down and looked, obviously, at lots of different venues. And as, as we saw in season one and certain things in season two as well, we, we're not afraid to travel and go different places, open new markets. You know, we obviously had the first fight in Saudi. You know, Joshua Ruiz down there now. Uh, we did massive final in, in Russia, in Moscow last year. So we, we, didn't, we weren't shy to, to go to somewhere like that. But at the end, the best place, also economically, and it is a business, uh, was, was to do it in London. And the O2 is, for me, no better setting. I think it's one of the best. I love outdoor fights, but I've got to say, a, a big venue like the O2, indoors, it keeps that noise in. You know, I remember my first fight promoted at the O2 was... Uh, was Kessler Frotch too. And I just remember the sound, the noise. Uh, when we came out of the dressing rooms on the ring walk was second to none. And uh, I, think, I think, you know, the boxing fans in the UK, uh, you can argue about who the best is, but they are amongst the best in the world, the most knowledgeable, I think. And uh, they know what they're getting. They're getting uh, the caviar of boxing. They're getting two undefeated world champions who have fought their way through other world champions. You know, look at their semi-final opponents. Um, you know, they fought to get there. It's not, you know, we talk about seeds one and two, yeah, but yeah, I got the seeding right, but they came through 50-50 fights on the way to do it. So they've really fought their way into this final. Um, Taylor had a very tough fight with Baranchik, of course, and uh, Progresh, he made light work, but against a very, very strong opponent in Kirill Relic, also to become a world champion in the semi-finals. So it just sets it up, and it's you know it's one of those fights that has got fight of the year written all over it. The styles, you know, uh, they're both punchers. They're both going to come at each other, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be fireworks, that's for sure. There was a little bit of a hold-up with getting this announced. There was obviously a lot of rumours surfacing around. There was a lawsuit um, allegedly flying around. 
how relieved are you um, to, to get this up and up and running and get the fight done? Yeah, I think relief is the wrong word. We knew it was, you know, we knew we had watertight contracts, but of course, this is business. This is a hard business. This is, it's uh, obviously, the t I think, the toughest sport in the world. In the ring, but outside the ring, the, the business is probably one of the toughest businesses in sport as well. You know, so lots of things flying about, about people wanting to, you know, maybe not travel, maybe do this. But I think to be fair to Progress, he, he never said he didn't want to travel. You know, I think there was certain people who were handing him, and I don't blame them. When they, you know, they obviously heard about market values and, and fighting in the states and this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, they signed a contract to go in a tournament where you can fight anywhere on the planet. I'll go back to my favorite, favorite example is Uzik, who was a Ukrainian who fought in Moscow in the final when actually I think officially Ukraine was at war or is at war with, uh, with Russia. Uh, so, you know, it is what it is, you know, at the end of the day. But I don't, think, I don't blame progress for that in one minute. I think he's a, he's a stand-up man. He's a, he's a fighter who's, who's delivered what he said he would deliver up to this point in his career. And I'm just happy and for the fans that we got a great final and it's in London. It's a great place to put it on. How much of it was, was travelling? How much of it was the fact that, I mean, I know you've mentioned in the past, both men came into the, into the tournament to talk about Ivan Baranchik and Regis Progre without a world title. They suddenly win a world title and then start exploring other avenues, as it were. Do you think that was part of it? Or? I don't think they explored other avenues, but I'm sure other, other avenues explored them. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, you come into the tournament, neither of a world champion coming into the tournament, your value goes up. That's what we do. We, we put people into a tournament to create value during that tournament. So, of course, when it comes to the final, there's people who look at it and say, OK, well, he was getting paid this for another fight. Why don't you, why don't you come over here? And I think there was a bit of background banter, but at the end of the day, the, the big promoters, they know that once a fight is signed, when they sign up for the tournament, they're in the tournament, there's no, there's no way out. You know, there's been a couple of cases this season where certain people have tried a Baranchik, also didn't, wasn't happy traveling. Uh, but at the end, Baranchik traveled, he never complained about traveling. Uh, I, I don't blame the fighters at all, but I don't blame the handlers in a way because they're, they're, they're trying to maximize their earnings as well, you know, so. Is it fair? No, it ain't fair. But am I crying over it? No, I'm not crying over it. You know, yeah, you know, if you, but I always say, you come to a to a gunfight with a water pistol, you ain't gonna get far. <laughs> Nicely put. Um, that's the stuff outside the ring. Let's talk about the actual fight itself, which is a great fight, as you mentioned, yeah. number one and number two in the division, ring magazine title on the line. What does each guy have to do to beat the other one? Well, <laughs> if I was that, I'd be a trainer. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, it, it is a 50-50 fight. You know, Josh, is, Josh is, a, is, a, is a fighter who likes to, likes to stand up and fight, go for someone, whereas Progress, so far in the tournament, has picked his shots from the outside, jumping in and out, and, and uh, very slick at doing that. So it sets it up for, I love this classical promoter bullshit phrase of styles make fights, but I'm going to use that now. <laughs> and, and they do make fights. In this, in this case, it makes, it makes the potential for a great fight, like I said. A lot of people are calling it fight a year candidate before it's happened. I think it's always a bit presumptuous to use before a fight because some fights where you think this is going to be complete rubbish and they turn into mega fights and other mega fights don't deliver. But I think on this one here, the winner will be the one who can execute the game plan. You know, that sounds, you know, the people say, oh, Keller, that was very wise words. But unfortunately, it is that close to say now who's going to win or how they're going to win. Uh, 
be talking rubbish, or more rubbish than I'm talking now. Moving away from the super lightweights, another fight that's really captured the imagination of boxing fans is the bantamweight final, yeah. Nio Inoue versus Nenito Donaire. That seems to be a monster fight in Asia, no pun intended, monster fight in Asia on December the 7th. I'll keep on using that one as well, don't <laughs> worry. I think if you look at, um, before I get to the fight, if you look at the season one, we picked the cruisers, I remember, and I remember looking at the cruisers and just thinking that Uzik, he is one hell of a character. Forget his boxing skills, he's just one character. And I think Inui is also a character. He's, he's a character, let's say, you know, if you just, I mean, the stats are insane, aren't they? Five minutes, 30 seconds so far in the tournament against world champions, former world champions, knocking everyone out left, right and centre. Um, you know, I think we've got, we've got our own little superstar there in the, in the bantamweights and, you know, people who write him off as a power for pound number one say, yeah, this, you know, it's got to be a different weight or whatever. Why is it called pound for pound? For me, Inui at the moment is, is the best pound for pound fighter on the planet, just based on his last opponents and how he's dispatched them. He's fought world champions, former world champions. You know, Rodriguez, you know, if you put it on levels, look at Rodriguez, uh, you know, but going into that fight, look at his record. Look at the way he handled Rodriguez. So I think he's, you know, if you say pound for pound number one, he's up there with him. And, uh, you know, he's an incredible character. And then you've got Donaire, you know, who everyone wrote off as well. He, he sort of, is he going to make the weight even? I remember getting missed calls before the fight in uh, Glasgow in Burnett. Like, everyone jumping on me. Uh, oh, he's not making weight you know his pictures of him in Disneyland with his kids and stuff when he's supposed to be in training I said no he's not training he's in training he's, he's actually just touched down in Glasgow so I think everyone wrote him off from day one and then you know yes he got lucky with, with the Burnett injury of course but at the time it was level pegging and he was really giving it some and it was, a, it was actually shaped not to be a great fight with Burnett and obviously that very very unfortunate uh, uh, injury happened and he, he, he went on from there um, and, you know, he's, he's someone who's been there and done it. He's won every accolade. He's won two knockouts of the year. He's won, I think, seven world titles or more. I can't remember how many it is. Um, I'm not really the best statistician. But um, he's an incredible character. And he's big at the weight. He makes the weight somehow quite easily, but he's big at the weight. So this is, for Nui, a real test of, A, can he go on and, you know, win the Ali Trophy now, but also also show us a little bit more about how powerful the guy is. Yeah, and Donek, he can punch himself. You know, he can certainly punch himself. Yeah, it showed in the Stephen Young fight that that vaunted left hook is still still there. Um, back to Inoue. I mean, he's moved up. He's three-weight world champion already. How high do you think he can go? How heavy do you think he can go and still be Inoue? Well, I think you know, I think that this fight will show us how high he can go, because he's already now going against a very big bantam. Uh, you know, someone who's been up and down in weights. You know, he's, he's fighting a bigger guy now already. So we'll see from this fight where he can go on to. But he's, he's going to be a legend in this sport, you know, an absolute legend in this sport. Donaire already is, for me, a legend in this sport. So I think it's a, it's, it's a fascinating matchup. I hear Japan is sold out, you know, 20-odd 20, 20 thousand people. It's going to be an incredible atmosphere. Um, you know, so to see, because when we went into the tournament, um, Murata was the big star in Japan, actually. And um, through the tournament, uh, you know, Inui's come on and he's now number one, two, two and three in Japan. It's, uh, it's incredible to see. 
and it's it's great to see an amazing guy and and uh, you know I think I do think though don't write off Donair you know he's one of those guys he's seen it before you know he will seen this hype before and he's he'll be cool calm and collected on the night as well. Where do we stand with the cruiserweight final? Are we still waiting for an announcement, date and venue? Yeah, we are. The reason is there's a WBO process which is still going on from the, uh, from the semi-final, which I'm told will finish this week. So then we can uh, come out and make a pretty quick announcement on that as well. What is that about? Um, is that kind of due to the, the ending of the, of the semi-final bout? Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically the, the Polish protested... Uh, saying the fight should be, the decision should be changed, uh, turned into a no contest, or even change the whole result. Um, at the end of the day, uh, that's a WBO matter at the moment. So, you know, we're a little bit frozen there. But at the end of this week, as I said, we, we've been told that we will have the final decision. There's been decisions, for example, it's been ordered that the winner of the tournament must fight Glavatsky within, I think, 120 days. I think everyone accepted that. The Polish then appealed against that again, which cost more time, and it went to something called the WBO Grievance Committee. And uh, those lawyers have been discussing that the last, there was a hearing last week, and the decision is due, I think, at the end of this week. Okay, we look forward to that. Um, I don't know what you would call him, World Boxing Super Series alumni, I guess, Alexander Usyk, um, is, is yeah. in action this weekend. He's not fighting Tyron Spong, he's no. fighting Chaz Witherspoon. First, off, uh, first and foremost, how good is it going to be to see Usyk back in the ring? Obviously, he had his injury with the torn bicep, as somebody I know that you rate very, very highly. For me, once again, going to uh, that pound-for-pound pound list, he's, he's up there with, with them. You know, I mean, he is... Uh, I know everyone loves to talk from the Ukraine about Lomachenko, but for me, Uzik uh, is not only a, a great guy, a great character, but um, in terms of his boxing skills, his abilities, it's just phenomenal. You know, it's just, you know, the, whether it's the hand speed, the leg work, the movement, um, the, the thing that he's going to have to tighten up on, and I've said this in other interviews before, I said, you know, that what he's got to be tightened up on, he, he takes shots, he takes shots. Uh, he took a lot of shots against Breedis. Uh, Hook hit him a few times as well, caught him, caught, sorry, caught him a few times. I hope he hit him a few times. It's a boxing match, you're supposed to hit each other, but, uh, but caught him a few times. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he gets tagged. You know, Benio had his moments as well. And that he can't do. You know, people say, is he big enough? I think he's, I don't, I don't worry too much about the size. He's got a big frame and I think he'll fill out. And, you know, he looks big, but he doesn't look stupidly big now. Um, one of the pictures I've seen him in from, from this week and from training camp. But, you know, I think if he can tighten up that part of the game and he's a little bit lax on that part, um, he can go on to be such a force at heavyweight. It's because boxing wise, he's just a supremely skilled fighter. It's as simple as that. He's, uh, you know, people talk about natural athletes, but this is a natural boxer. Now, as I mentioned, he was due to fight Tyron Spong. Tyron Spong, um, an adverse finding, which I, I think is the way of saying he failed a VADA test um, yeah. a, ahead of his bout. Adverse is Ad supposed to positive. So well, yeah, I, I keep hearing it. I keep hearing it's yeah, now it's an adverse finding yeah. as opposed to a fail. You know, these, these, these oh, I'm not going to use the word adverse, these failed doping tests, they're just, they're just becoming uh, too often. You know, it, does that mean that more people are doping or the test getting better? I don't know. Are they testing them at the, at the wrong times for the cheaters, let's say? Um, whatever the case is, it's, it's worrying. 
because doping in boxing is not like you know 100 meter doping which is like, isn't isn't good either i'm not saying it's good but uh doping in boxing is like to, like giving me giving the geezer a, a machete and putting him in a ring yeah um or a hammer and you know it's incredible you know i, I remember there was one was one polish guy who it was it was um Polish fighter. He, had, he took an he took a, an, a a doping substance that meant you didn't get knocked out. It would prevent you from getting knocked out. It would hold your stamina through punches. And he thought it was against it was against one of the Klitschko's. Uh, it was Vac. I think it was Vac. I'm pretty sure it was Vac. It was Vac was was the one who got caught. I'm not, I'm not sure, so I won't go on record of who it was. But it was allegedly. 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 Adverse. Allegedly. <laughs> big words today. And um, but no. But and and you know, I mean, the reason for a knockout is because your body can't take it no more. It goes out. You know, and and it's just frightening the things that people are prepared to do. To do that, I mean, I know it's 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 livelier and everything, but I mean, this is it's not the it's not the sport where you mess around with that, you know. It's uh, it's 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 shocking, and you know, I, I seriously I think that rep there shouldn't be repeat offenders. There shouldn't be a case of repeat offending, and I think in certain cases it shouldn't be. In, in, I mean, in Germany, for example, the laws are it's criminal, you know. So you would actually, you know, that Felix Storm had a case against him. I think it's still going. Um, which is a criminal case. It's not. It's not about doping. It's not about VADA or NADA, whatever they're all called. It's. Uh, it's. It's actually a criminal matter. So you know, I think it's. It, it's the point where you say is that is actually attempted murder. You know, I mean, if someone gets put on their ass badly and and the other guy's doped, I think. I think that's. Uh, like I said, it's taking a hammer to a fist fight in that. I agree with you. Um... I don't know about the Spawn case, so I don't know. I've, uh, I've got, I heard it was a masking agent, so you don't even know what it was. Uh, but I don't, I don't know. Anyway. I just read what I, what I hear. And, uh. Moving away from all things doping, uh, Derek Chisora is now fighting David Price. He wasn't fighting David Price. Um, first and foremost, what do you make of that fight? That as a replacement? I think it's, it's, it's a great fight. Uh, it's, a, it's a fascinating fight, you know. Um, and it's funny, it's like creates such a split because some people are saying, oh, you know, Price is going to have his head taken off. Others say, what's Ch Chisora's going to get banged out? You know, so it's got a real divide. One thing where everyone seems to be unified with is it won't go 12 rounds. It ain't going to the distance. So I think whenever you have a heavyweight fight with two such characters um, from the same country, boxing for basically their future in boxing. And I think the winner goes on to, goes on to bigger things, obviously, but, but also has a real shot at, at getting one of, the, one of the big champions. It's, it's a real all or nothing. The, the loser really, what are they gonna do? Have a few more tune-ups and ride off into the sunset, you know? But they, it's, it's, it's going one way or the other. And I think for them both, and I think Pricey hats off for taking it at this notice, but at the same time, as a fan, normally you'd say, yeah, but you know, like, he's coming, three weeks notice, what sort of shape is he gonna be in? A, Pricey's always, he's in, always in tremendous shape, absolute. For a heavyweight, he's, he takes the sport, training-wise, very seriously. But secondly, he was in training for a fight. So, you know, for him, it's, and they know each other. They, they know each other well. Uh, I've promoted both of them. Um, 
they spar together a lot, uh, they know each other. Um, there's a competitive rivalry, they're definitely not friends. Um, and it'll be an interesting fight week, no doubt. As it always is with Dell. But then again, Pricey's been piping up recently as well, you know. I see Pricey's getting very venomous in his, uh, in his pre-fight talk as well, which, which is, you know, it's going to be, it should be an interesting week, I think psychologically as well, heavyweight, a lot of things are psychological. And I think that in fight week, uh, it'll be interesting how they go about each other, because they do know each other, right on the British circuit, most, you know, all the fighters know each other. But they've really had a lot of rounds of sparring together. I've heard all sorts, before you ask me, I've heard all sorts on how that sparring's gone. I've heard one's at the other, the other, you know, is it, let's see. You know, sparring, sparring, fight's fight. Does this kind of put pay to Derek and his, his ambitions of topping the bill? What ambition's that? No, I mean, you know, it's, it's very clear that the main event, of course, is the, is the unification of two undefeated world champions for the Muhammad Ali Trophy. I think, uh, I think that part, I think that chapter's closed now. Okay, well, Callis Allen, always a pleasure catching up with you. Hopefully it won't be six months until the next interview I do with you. Um, thanks very much for speaking to Boxing open. Social. Keep your eyes open at all times. <laughs> always do when I'm around you. Um, I will see you fight week, thanks very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Nice one, mate. That's great. Yeah.